0: I now can sing since I've been redeemed. I'm on the everlasting, everlasting rock. I faith in Christ, my Redeemer King. I'm on the everlasting, everlasting rock. This is the voice of hope. Then roll, roll, billows roll. I'm on the everlasting rock of ages. Roll, roll. I'm on the everlasting rock. Here to our God.
1: a wonderful song of praise. Thank you, choir, and thank you for joining me for this edition of The Voice of Hope. I'm J. Mark Horst, your friend and Bible teacher, and this program is produced by Heralds of Hope. We're an international media ministry sharing the good news of Jesus Christ around the world in English and 25 other languages. We use radio and print and digital platforms to reach as many people as possible with the message of the gospel. In the last verse of the opening song, the choir sang these words, he sent his son with power to save from guilt and darkness and the grave. Wonders of grace to God belong, repeat his mercies in your song. That's the message we proclaim around the world through our Bible teaching programs. We teach listeners how to find peace instead of guilt, light instead of darkness, and how to exchange eternal death for eternal life. And praise God, many of them are coming to realize that when they embrace salvation through Jesus Christ, His love cannot fail.
0: Since Jesus, my Savior, from sin rescued me, life's pathway shines bright,
1: Back near the end of September, my wife and I were visiting in Canada with some relatives and they mentioned that they were looking forward to their annual Thanksgiving Day. If you're one of our Canadian listeners, then you've already celebrated your Day of Thanks on October 9. Those of you listening in the U.S. will have your Day of Thanks on November 23rd. And so here we are between these two national holidays and I'm using this opportunity to share my teaching, A Recipe for Thanksgiving. In North America, there are certain foods that are often associated with this holiday. Turkey, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, corn, beans. Those are all things that are found on many tables on Thanksgiving Day. And then there are also dishes that are unique to certain communities, or maybe they're unique to your family. If you're planning to serve mashed potatoes as part of your Thanksgiving dinner, let me read something for you that I came across in my files. For some people, mashed potatoes have the power to improve memory within minutes of eating them. A University of Toronto researcher reported a study in October of 1999 of 20 healthy elderly people to whom they fed mashed potatoes or barley. And the researchers found that memory was significantly improved within 15 minutes. But then they caution us that it may only be the elderly and those with bad memories who have the most to gain from eating such foods. And not only that, it was a pretty small sample. But mashed potatoes have high glucose content, and glucose is believed to help brain function because it aids production of a neurotransmitter. That's a chemical substance that enables one neuron to communicate with another. More research is needed, the report said. Yes, I would think so. But it's interesting food for thought. As North Americans, we seem to have faulty memories when it comes to remembering the multitude of blessings that we receive daily from our Heavenly Father. I also have a hunch that mashed potatoes in the stomach will do little to help us remember to give thanks, and that's because the problem is in our hearts. So I invite you to turn in your copy of the scripture to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 16 through 18, very brief text today. And the title of my teaching is, A Recipe for Thanksgiving. Let's take a moment before I read the text to think about the setting. One thing we know from this letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in Thessalonica was, they were facing persecution because of their faith. And it's in that context that Paul gives his teaching on Thanksgiving. So now I'll read these verses, and you follow along in your copy of the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 516 16-18 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. One of the traditional things we associate with Thanksgiving is a turkey dinner with all of the trimmings, and to prepare all that food you need recipes, and every recipe calls for certain ingredients. So today I want us to look together at three essential ingredients in a recipe for Thanksgiving. And incidentally, one of them is not mashed potatoes. According to what Paul wrote, the first ingredient we have is the ingredient of joy. Verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore, or rejoice always. What does it mean to rejoice? Strong's Concordance defines it as cheerfulness or a calm delight. And the same Greek word is translated into two of our English words, joy and rejoice. So joy is an essential part of thanksgiving. Now notice I didn't say happiness, because happiness depends on happenings. And remember the people to whom Paul was writing, like I said earlier, they were suffering persecution. So Paul didn't say to them, don't worry, be happy. No, instead, he told them to rejoice. How could they have joy in the midst of their suffering? Well, for the same reason that you and I can have joy in suffering. It's because we know that this life is not all there is to our existence. There is a glorious future for the children of God, and any trial or hardship that we face cannot be compared to that future glory that has been promised to us. In Romans 8.18, Paul wrote this, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So today we have this marketing message, you only go around once, so get all you can. But as those who follow Christ, that doesn't really apply to us, because we're looking for something better. We're looking for something that will endure beyond this life. You know, joy was the reason Jesus could face the experience of the cross. The Hebrew writer says we should look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is our example. And then in James 1, 2, we read, Count it all joy or consider it all joy when you fall into a variety of trials. But I must pause here to point out that if you have never acknowledged that you are a sinner in need of God's grace and forgiveness, and if you've never accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only acceptable payment that can bring you into a right relationship with God, then this concept of joy that I'm talking about will seem ridiculous to you. In fact, you can't experience this kind of joy because Jesus is the only one who can bring real joy into the life of any person. And then there are people who say, well, I just don't feel joyful. My question is, what difference does that make? Because being joyful is an act of your will, it's a choice. You see, we as believers get things mixed up sometimes. We think we must have a feeling of joy before we can really experience it. Now, I acknowledge that joy does cause an emotional response. But joy is more than just an emotion. We make a conscious decision whether or not we're going to be joyful. And if we do that, I have found that often the feelings will follow. So joy is one of the essential ingredients in this recipe for Thanksgiving. And then second is the ingredient of dependence. And you say, Pastor J. Mark, where do you see that? Well, in verse 17, we read, pray without ceasing you will never learn to obey this command if you don't recognize your total dependence on the goodness of god and you will never truly be able to be a thankful person until you understand that everything that you have comes from god's hand let me show you from some other scriptures how dependent we are upon god and his mercy In Genesis chapter 2, God told Adam that he could eat from every tree in the Garden of Eden except for one. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God told Adam, in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. We know that Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and they ate from that tree. And then what happened? Did they die immediately? Not physically. Why not? I would say it was only because of God's mercy. But they died spiritually. Their fellowship with God was broken. And so they went and hid from God because they were experiencing guilt and shame. Because of their sin, God barred them from that beautiful garden that he had prepared for them. And you know, that was an act of mercy too. Because if they had eaten of the tree of life, they would have lived forever in that fallen state of their sin. And so, physical death actually brought to them the hope of something better. It was actually an act of God's mercy. In Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4, we read this, The soul that sins, it shall die. Not maybe, not perhaps. No, God said, the soul that sins, it shall die. Now, in order to show mercy, God, in the Old Testament, prescribed the sacrificial system. An animal had to be sacrificed to cover the sin of the guilty one. God made it clear in his word again and again that without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sin. And that concept ultimately led to the sacrifice of Christ as the perfect Lamb of God. Now, when you and I think about the Old Testament, we usually think of it as law and judgment. But you can trace this concept of mercy all the way from Genesis to Malachi. In Lamentations chapter 3, 21-23, the prophet Jeremiah writes these familiar words, This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. What is it that keeps you and me from immediate divine judgment? It's the Lord's mercies. One of the first things I do when I wake up each morning is to thank God for the gift of life and for a new day. Because I don't deserve it. He doesn't owe it to me. It's a gift, and I am completely dependent on Him. You know, we often forget that without God's mercy, you and I couldn't take another breath. What is it that keeps your heart beating? It's God's mercy. When you get sick, God is the one who brings healings. Sometimes it's miraculous. Other times, he uses man's knowledge of medicine to accomplish it. But in any case, and no matter what he uses, God is the one who does the healing. Remember, we're talking about the ingredient of dependence as part of the recipe for Thanksgiving. I want you to take just a moment to think about those who have invested time and energy in your life. Start with your mom. She carried you in her womb for nine months before you were born. Have you ever thanked her for not aborting you like so many were in the past 50 years? And what about your dad who worked hard to provide for your needs? Have you ever thanked him for giving some of the prime years of his life for you? You were completely dependent on your parents for those first few years of your life. My dad was born with a vision condition that bordered on legal blindness but he didn't take a handout from the government. He believed that he should do what he could and do it the best he could. And so that's what he did. He took the responsibility God gave him for his family seriously. And I never heard him complain or say that life wasn't fair. You know, today I am deeply grateful for his example. My dad's qualities of character and his bedrock faith in God have made a lasting impression on both me and my family. There are all kinds of people who have invested in your life—teachers, scout leaders, little league coaches, aunts, uncles, grandparents, a neighbor, maybe an employer—you're the only one who can compile your list. But have you ever thanked them? Do you realize that you are what you are because of what others have invested in your life? And above all the people and circumstances of your life stands God. He's there ordering and directing your circumstances to make your life what He wants it to be. You are completely dependent on Him, whether you acknowledge it or not. So we have the first ingredient in the recipe for Thanksgiving, which is joy. And the second ingredient is dependence. And that leads us to our third and final ingredient, the ingredient of obedience. Notice verse 18 is a command. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. You mean literally everything? Well, these aren't my words. This is a command of the Scripture, and I know it doesn't sound logical, but God's knowledge and his wisdom far surpass any human logic. I believe this third ingredient is extremely important because the issue here is the sovereignty of God. God is in all the circumstances and relationships of our lives, and He's wanting to accomplish the purpose for which He created us. Now, did you notice? I didn't say that God causes all that takes place in our lives. I said He is present in every circumstance, and He wants to use the events of life to mold and shape us for His purposes. That's why Paul could write in Romans eight twenty-eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God does not do anything evil. He is absolutely just and holy in everything he does. But we know he permits evil, first of all, as a result of man's original sin in the Garden of Eden and then secondly, the choices that he allows us to make as free, moral creatures. That God permits evil we can clearly see in the death of his Son, Jesus Christ. Was it God's plan for Jesus to die? Yes, it was. Did God hold those who crucified Jesus accountable for their choices and their actions? Yes, he did. So we can say that God uses the free choices of men to accomplish his will and holds them accountable for their choices. So how does this work out in daily living? Does it really work to give thanks, even when you don't feel thankful? Well, some of you listening know that my wife Joyce and I walked through her cancer journey a couple of years ago. She went through a number of chemo treatments and then surgery. And you know, when you first get that diagnosis of cancer, it can be quite unnerving. But we were committed to thanking God for this experience, knowing that there were things He wanted to teach us, and also discovering that there were people He wanted us to minister to in this process. Now, maybe you're saying, Pastor J. Mark, that wasn't such a big deal. It's not like losing a loved one in some tragic accident or something like that. You mean God can use even those kinds of things for His glory and for our good? Yes, I do mean that. I readily admit. It is very difficult for us to see good in situations like that. In fact, I believe there are some situations, some experiences that we have in life that we will not understand until we get to heaven, and maybe not even then, because maybe it won't matter. In a period of nine years, my wife Joyce lost both her parents and all three of her brothers. To this day, we don't know why God chose to let it happen in that way. But what's the alternative to thanking God in times like these it's blaming god and that leads to bitterness hebrews 12:15 warns us looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled bitterness will destroy you spiritually and physically so if god is all powerful and he is And if he doesn't prevent a tragedy from occurring, that means that he must have some purpose in it. Now, we could spend a long time talking about this, but I need to bring this teaching to a close. Let me encourage you to study this concept further because it's so important. Let's review then in closing the three ingredients in the recipe for Thanksgiving. First, there's joy. That commitment to have a calm delight in God's working in our lives. Even when it's difficult. And then, second is dependence, the awareness that without God, we couldn't survive, and that without the investment of others in our life, we would have nothing. And then, finally, there's obedience, the knowledge that God is using every circumstance of our lives to accomplish his purpose in us for our good and for his glory. Those are the ingredients for the recipe for a thankful heart.
0: The world was in darkness, in sin and shame. Mankind was lost, and then Jesus came. He carried our sins to Calvary's tree. He hung there and bled there for you. saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Lord Jesus came down from his throne. suffering he bore
1: That's a good reminder for us of how thankful you and I should be that Jesus has forgiven our sin and made us part of his family. I hope and pray that today's teaching has encouraged you to be a more thankful person. If you'd like to review this teaching or share it with someone, you can ask for a copy. It's available either in print or as a digital audio file. Just ask for it by its title, A Recipe for Thanksgiving. Now, the easiest way for you to contact us is to use our email address, hope at heraldsofhope.org. That's h-o-p-e at heraldsofhope.org. Or you can call us toll-free at 866-960-0292. And, of course, you can mail your request to The Voice of Hope, Box 3, Breezewood, Pennsylvania, 15533 If you'd like to review today's program or listen to archived programs, just log on to our website, heraldsofhope.org, and there you can listen whenever it's convenient for you. And while you're there on the site, you can subscribe to our newsletter, our blog posts, or even purchase resources. So check it out at heraldsofhope.org. If you'd like to help this ministry financially, You can send a check by mail, or you can donate securely online at heraldsofhope.org. You can also call our toll-free number 866-960-0292 to donate with your credit or debit card. God's grace, accompanied by your fervent prayers and your generous financial support, will enable the voice of hope to be on the air until Jesus comes in the air. Now don't forget to join me next week for the Voice of Hope. And until we meet again... For you shall
0: go out in joy And you shall be led forth in peace Before you the hills break forth in song The trees of the field clap their hands. trees rejoice. rejoice.